0: This is Iron Mike Stedman, and on this episode of Dog Whistle Branding, I'm joined by Scott Mackus, founder of Strength Mugs and the Service Academy Business Mastermind, a worldwide community of military veterans who share resources, information, insight, and professional guidance to advance business ideas and opportunities through a trusted network. Scott is a pioneer in the veteran entrepreneurial community for combining podcasting, community, and investing into an elf business which stands for easy, lucrative, and fun. Between SABM and Strength Mugs, his other business that creates personalized coffee mugs that list your top five Clifton strengths, Scott knows more than a thing or two about building a dog whistle brand. On the show, he shares his go-to-market strategies for both ventures and how he's leveraged the SABM podcast to help build out his robust network. Trust me, Scott Mackis is the man, and if you have any aspirations for building your own dog whistle brand, This is an episode you don't want to miss. All right, Gunny, get them ready. Yo! Saddle up! Lock and load! Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tech planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of dog whistle branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create, distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Each week on this series, I coach you through the different marketing, branding, and category design strategies that I've developed over the years to drive revenue and increase customer engagement. Those are the only ROI that matter for a dog whistle brand. I'll also include case studies where I bring on guest SMEs or business owners to provide a debrief on their dog whistle brand strategy. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. What's going on, Scott? Welcome to Dog Whistle
1: Brandon. Iron Mike, thanks for having me on the show, man. It's great to see you. Scott
0: is a man, a myth, and a legend. You were in podcasting before I even knew what the heck a podcast was.
1: <laughs> yeah, you were a guest on my podcast. Gosh, I don't know how that might have must have been, what, two and a half? It's probably three, three years, years ago. And I
0: need to go back and listen to it because I was bright eyed. I was a bright eyed. Uh, entrepreneur who had just left my job. I hadn't gotten beat up yet. So now I'm a little bit more salty. You know, jaw been broke, <laughs> been knocked down like Muhammad Ali, but we're here.
1: That's right, man. You've been through COVID. You've been through a lot and uh, you're still standing. So it's good to good to see you today.
0: Before we jump into uh, Scott and uh, how he's gone about approaching uh, marketing and branding and category design, I just want to acknowledge how dope it is to sit across from another Naval Academy graduate and military veteran talking entrepreneurship. Because, you know, guys like us, you know, we see our peers on LinkedIn struggling, you know, trying to transition, kind of trying to find their space. But it's so cool for us to be able to have these kind of conversations, you know, outside of the military.
1: Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it took me a little bit. uh, kind of a little a little while to you know your your podcast is about dog whistle and and marketing and and finding your niche and um you know for me it kind of took i separated from the the navy and uh you know after five year my five year commitment back in 2006 and you know it took me 10 or so years to kind of come back to that veteran community and and um and having conversations with other veterans is is great. You know, every day get, getting to talk with uh, with folks who have served, but um, also folks who are building businesses. So that's that makes it extra special. So
0: so Scott has the flagship podcast. I would argue for the academies, which is a service academy business mastermind, which he's been able to uh, leverage to create all kind of products and offerings for our community. But before that, he had uh, strength mugs. Right. So today what we're going to be diving into are both those brands. And I'm interested in learning about your go to market strategy, you know, because at the end of the day, everybody could come up with a business idea, but it's a whole different. Uh, it's a whole different thing once you actually go to market, put it in the wild and, you know, and grow it. So probably let's start with Strength Mugs. How's, how about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Strength Mugs is a, an online store where I sell Products related to Gallup's Clifton Strengths Assessment. Uh, so they've rebranded that a little bit. It used to be called the Strengths Finder. So most people know it as you know Strengths Finder or have read the books Strengths Finder Two um, Back in two thousand and I think fourteen ish, I went through their uh, coaching certification program. Uh, they had just launched a a strengths coaching certification program to help people. Discover their strengths with the Strengths Finder assessment, and and uh, it was pretty cool. And so I went through that program and um, and learned a lot more about Strengths Finder. Strengths Finder was a very helpful tool for me in my own development and figuring out what I wanted to do with with my life. You know, <laughs> um, and a lot a lot of times we overlook our strengths. You know, we we feel like oh you know, or we downplay our strengths. Like oh, this just comes easy to me and so what, right. But those are just because it comes easy, something comes easy to you. It might not come easy to to somebody else. And, um, so it's really important, uh, you know, to understand what, what makes, makes you unique and special. And, uh, StrengthsFinder was a really helpful tool that, that helped me out. And so, uh, so passionate about it. I spent about 10 grand to go through their certification program. Um, and be, I guess, maybe almost one of the first 100 coaches that had went through it. I think now maybe five or 6,000 plus people have, have gone through that. But anyways, long story short, um, I would ship coffee mugs with my client's top five strengths uh, as a gift, you know, after we, we worked together and they really like the mugs. And I'm like, hey, you know, rather than me, you know, I'm kind of just piecemealing these orders together. Like, what if there was an online store? that was dedicated to selling primarily coffee mugs Mm -hmm. with people's top five strengths. And Mm -hmm. uh, lo and behold, you know, I launched the store on a Friday afternoon. You know, I think I was finishing up work. I still had a day job at the time and it's like three or four o'clock on a Friday and posted the link to the online store in uh, one of the Facebook groups that I was in with a bunch of Gallup, Strengths Finder coaches and fans, and maybe there's 5,000 people in the group. And I had an order within like 10 minutes. <laughs> so that was, that was the beginning of Strengths Mugs, Uh, And that was probably about five and a half years ago we launched that store.
0: Let's break that down for our listeners, because I think there's a lot to learn there. Number one, you were actually embedded in the community that you were serving. This wasn't some like, oh, this is the community. I think this is a great idea. It was like you were in the community. Right. So you knew kind of like how to speak to them, et cetera. So I think that's another thing. The other thing I'm curious about was you validated the business model basically right off the bat. Right. So you knew that this was something that they would want.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of was able to test it out just by. You know getting people's reactions of like my that were in my network and clients of mine and i would send them these mugs and they're like hey this is really cool and they would send me a picture of it and um and i was able to start the business with almost i mean maybe less than 500 dollars. Uh, shopify was just hitting the scene at that time and you could i mean today i mean you could easily go in and create a shopify account sign up for a year And maybe it's cost a couple hundred bucks, but you have all of the tools that you need in order to manage your orders, to print shipping labels, to, uh, gather all of your customer information, process credit cards. And so, um, that was a huge advantage because rather than me having to spend, you know, $10,000 on some custom website to sell these coffee mugs that may or may not sell, I was able to figure out if it would work or not, probably for maybe 500 bucks, you know, between Shopify that I just had to find a print shop that took a lot of, a little bit of work. That was probably the hardest thing, finding a partner, um, you know, print shop that would help, uh, that would print customized mugs. Cause most print shops, you know, they want to do runs of like 50 or a hundred or a thousand. Like they don't want to print one mug and then, (laughs) and then also have to ship it right to the individual customer. So I made a lot of phone calls uh, you know, in my spare time during lunch breaks and after work (laughs) to like, just figure out the printing industry and how it worked and who might be a a volunteer to kind of help me, uh, (laughs) launch my strengths mugs business, which hadn't even proven itself yet. So. You see that uh, a lot in the
0: tech business too, right? Like the tech founders will throw up a landing page, you know, let people know the product is coming, even if they have one or not. And then they can validate it by the signups, et cetera. But the thing, the reason I like your approach, right, because, you know, one thing that's helped me out a lot lately is understanding the stop swimming upstream. You know, it's like a lot of times you can have a great business idea or business model, but like, is there a real market demand for it? You know, and when I launched my first business, when I was on your podcast, it was really built around onsite corporate boxing. And like, yeah, I made some money. I got up to $7,500 a month in revenue, but it was like, it was a battle, Scott. You know what I mean? The demand wasn't really there, but you look at an industry like podcasting, content creation, marketing, and branding, there's a demand there because that's something that people need. And when you did your strength finders, it was like you weren't swimming upstream necessarily. You know, people were already out there preaching the gospel and then bam, hey, here's something else that they can add additionally. So kudos to you for that. And as you went, as you continue to expand upon your go-to-market strategy, was it still built around like, the Facebook groups, the community, or what else did you implement?
1: Yeah. So it's changed a little bit over the last, last five or six years. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to, to, to kind of touch on that as well. Um, you know, how, cause you got to have distribution. I mean, five thousand 5, person Facebook group that you don't where if you don't own the Facebook group, like great, you know, you can post in there during the holidays and, you know, once in a while, you don't want to spam the group with like sales messages. So, um, but that was a good place to get me started. Uh, the other kind of interesting story was (laughs) like, I didn't have permission to, I didn't realize that all the strengths were trademarked by Gallo. Yeah. Um, and so that was, you know, I, I so I didn't ask for permission to, uh, to launch the product. And, and, you know, it was kind of interesting. So, um, so I launched the store maybe in March and, uh, and it was successful, man. People from like people from Gallup, like leaders at Gallup, like the top leaders were ordering strengths mugs, you know, for the, for themselves, for their teams. Um, all sorts of people were ordering these mugs. There was a best-selling author, Michael Hyatt. I'm yep. not sure if you've heard of him, of but, uh, yeah. Yeah. He was like an original kind of customer. And I remember, (laughs) uh, you know, sending a tweet from, uh, you know, when I launched the store, my, my store launch was the Facebook post, And I tweeted Michael Hyatt because I knew he had taken strengths finder and said like, Hey, Michael Hyatt, your number one achiever strength would look great on the strengths mug. And I posted a picture of it. And I remember driving home from work uh, that afternoon and like, I was at a stoplight and I don't know, checking my email or whatever. And I was like, retweet from Michael Hyatt. And he said he was going to order them for like everybody on his team. And he sent it out to like 200,000 people, you know, all of his Twitter followers. So, um, you know, between those two things, um, that kind of got me started. That was the launch pad. But then the question becomes, uh, you know, how do you like, what's your distribution after this, you know, this is a great launch, um, but how do you find customers after after you launch? And, um, so one, you know, I was talking, mentioning Gallup earlier and, you know, the trademark. So they reached out to me maybe two or three months after I launched the store and, you know, and I was, you know, Gallup certified. I was in the community, you know, quote unquote, you know, I was kind of part of it and they were great, man. They were like, Hey, Scott, we love this idea. (laughs) This is awesome. We want to, we want to help you, uh, you know, but you need to sign a license licensing agreement. So, um, so I was actually the first kind of product seller outside of books. Like they've written a lot of books. They have a publishing company, but nobody had really ventured into selling products with strengths on them other than them. And so they created a licensing agreement for me. I became the first, you know, licensee to sell merchandise basically, uh, and they put a link to my store, like on their website in their online store. So how cool of them, you know? And I think for entrepreneurs, um, a lot of times, and especially I think veterans too, it's like, Hey, I got to ask permission. You know, I need to ch- take this up the chain of command and in the entrepreneurial world, man, like that's not the, oh, that's not the great advice. Certainly you want to, you know, make sure you're doing things the right way, but, um, see if there's a customer man like if you have a cool idea just try it right just try it just launch it send out the email you know put the post in the facebook group you know tweet a best-selling author whatever it is right um and i was kind of glad that i was naive enough that to not even like think about that there was a trademark issue and and so i launched and then that fear of hey what's the what's You know, Gallup gonna say that fear actually became like they actually became my biggest partner in helping me grow, and so that fear like never was realized. You know, certainly they we had a conversation about it, but it was actually um, the best thing that happened. Hey, Scott, sign this licensing agreement. Great. You know, so royalties have to go to Gallup every quarter. I get it, and but hey, we're gonna help promote you. We we want to stand behind this because we think the product is is really cool. So. Um, anyway, so that's kind of, that was, that was probably got me through the first three or four years. Um, and what I realized with strengths mugs is it's, you know, our biggest orders come from companies. So it's actually, you would think at first it's like a B2C Mm -hmm. business where, Hey, people at home are buying strengths mugs. And yeah, some people at home are buying strengths mugs, but man, uh, the best orders come from companies like <laughs> fortune 500 companies. They're like, Hey, yeah, we just took, we had, you know, a hundred employees take the strengths finder and we uh, we want to order a hundred mugs. That's, that's pretty cool. So it's actually a B2B business.
0: What you did early on that was smart too, is you found a Trojan horse, you know, strength finders was a Trojan horse. They already got these relationship with a lot of these companies by them putting you on their website you know, that's just more exposure. And you know what we can, like a lot of people try to piggyback their go-to-market strategy just by them, not piggyback. They just try to do it themselves. And you know, early on, you don't got no credibility. You know what I mean? Nobody's vouching for you. We really believe as entrepreneurs, we're just going to walk into to, to Zoom or some of these Facebooks and get them as a client. You know, when we're pl- putting our business plan, we never think about, hey, who already has them as a client? You know, who's already going in there every day? And how can I add value to that? So kudos to you on that as well. Um, and were you generating enough revenue through strength mugs to do it full time?
1: So strength mugs, what, so let's can, kind of just to rewind the story a little bit. So I went to, you know, this was probably 2000 and I think 14 ish. Um, and like I had launched, I I don't know. I was just trying to figure out different income streams and you know, I thought, Hey, you know, what's something I could do in my spare time during the evenings where I could build new relationships, help people. So I kind of just started off with coaching, like, like, right. (laughs) right. It's like, there's no barriers to entry. Like pretty much anybody can coach on something. I was like, Hey, maybe I'll just set up a call with people and like talk through their ideas and, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, (laughs) it wasn't very successful. Um, but it did lead me to, you know, you know, becoming a Gallup certified strengths coach to going through their program to the idea that started strengths mugs. And then when I, when I saw that strengths mugs was, Hey, people were like email money was showing like (laughs) orders were showing up in my email account. Right. And, and I saw that people really liked the product. I thought back to the coaching business, which I kind of put on the side for, for a while. And I was like, Hey, this is fun, but it's not really a business. Um, I was like, you know, out of all those clients that I worked with, who did I really enjoy working with the most? And when I thought about it, it was I really liked fellow service academy graduates because, you know, I'm a service academy graduate. So we immediately had that that level of trust. Um, there's a lot of hoops that somebody has to jump through to graduate from it from an academy. Um, and so that's kind of a nice place to start, you know, with with who you might like to work with. And but it wasn't just any academy graduates. It was the ones that were like didn't want to work for the man that like wanted to start their own business. Like that's who I really enjoyed talking with and, and, and helping. And so seeing that or under learning that, Hey, you've got to have a niche. The riches are in the niches and seeing, you know, strengths find strengths finder, uh, you know, today it's called the Clifton Strengths Assessment, but Clifton Strengths. I mean, at the time, I'd have had 15 million people that had taken it. You know, today it's tw- over 25 million. Um, you know, but it's a niche; like, it's a very uh, niche group of people. <laughs> but when I saw that that was successful and how that resonated with people, I was like, man, like, what if there was? Kind of thinking back to the coaching business, like, what if I just helped service academy graduates who are building businesses, and that was it. And so (laughs) from there, um, you know, launched SABM group, which stands for service academy business mastermind. That was, you know, as we record this four and a half years ago, you know, fast forward four and a half years, we've got a podcast. It has over, you know, almost a hundred thousand downloads. We have an, an investor group, which has over 500 accredited investors. We have a real estate investing course. Which we've had almost 200 people graduate from over the last two years. We have a program called 10x Vets, uh, which has over 75 members. Uh, we have so <laughs> now <I> hear that <laughs> Scott, Scott Mac through all of that yep. through all of that I was able to do what I do full time. Yeah. You know, Strength Smugs was was you know it's it's a fun relatively passive income stream i enjoy it i love the customers it's fun um but more than anything else it was a learning experience that propelled me kind of to the next the next venture the next thing that ultimately um enabled me to be a full-time entrepreneur and business owner
0: did y'all hear scott mackis talk about service academy business mastermind it sounds like you're headed to the stratosphere. You're like we got the 10x vets. You know, we got 100,000. I mean like damn, that's the kind of business I want. And to be honest, um I'm similar to you is, you know, I started my entrepreneurial journey and again, who do people do business with? People they like, know and trust. Because there's this whole aspect of entrepreneurship of working with let's be honest, shitty customers, you know? And when that I just haven't experienced that in our community. Like there's a real value for value, right? Like You know, when you work with a a service academy grad or a veteran, right, nobody wants to screw them over, you know? And then we also have our reputations as well, which is important to us. So it's just like a different thing. And I think a lot of people need to take more time to figure out who their perfect customer is and who do they enjoy spending time around, you know, who fills them up, the kind of customers that fill them up. But you also got to recognize like, hey, can I generate revenue through this model as well? Um, And (laughs) Scott, I got a confession for you. Right. I think I was one of your early haters for the Service Academy Business Mastermind. A hater, Not publicly, <laughs> just in my head, because I went to Stanford Ignite, you know, so I'm just getting introduced to this whole entrepreneur thing. And then all of a sudden I was like, where do I go with this? What's next? And then it was like Service Academy Business Mastermind. I was like, what is this? You know, and I start seeing your Facebook ads kind of pop up. <laughs> I think you're running like <laughs> some Facebook something, but I didn't know yeah. But once you reached out to me to get me on a show, I looked it up. I was like, "Hey, man, this is pretty cool." But I was naive because, like, I didn't know. I just knew I had come back from Stanford Ignite, did my little four week crash course in the entrepreneurship, and then next thing I know, there was this SABM thing that I didn't know about, and I was like, "Why have I never heard of this? Who's running it? All this kind of stuff."
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's uh, you know it's been a lot of fun, and I'm glad that we were able to connect. But you said an interesting thing there that. And you mentioned fulfillment. Um, And I was actually just reading a book last night, you know, on kind of like the wealthy mindset uh, and, you know, wealthy people don't chase money. They chase fulfillment. Right. And so, you know, with your show, Dog Whistle Marketing, um, you know, what I said earlier, Dog Whistle Branding, you know, what I said earlier, the riches are in the niches. Um, You know, you mentioned that, Hey, you're in the community you know, when you find a lot of times your perfect customers, your best customers, the people that you want to hang out on zoom calls with, or conversate with, or hang out, you know, around the round town with are people that you have something in common with, right? You had a challenge that they have, you you know, you've got something or a goal, you've got a common goal. And so when you're thinking about you know, who is your ideal customer? Who do you want to, you know, who do you want to create a product or have a service for? Oftentimes, they're like right in your own backyard, man. It's like, (laughs) hey, you know, and you could be, I've overlooked them all these years, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, like I had this challenge or I have this challenge or I have this goal and I want to serve people that have the same exact thing, right? And that leads to, a very fulfilled life. Like that leads to a very fulfilled day, a very fulfilled, uh, week, uh, month, year life, man. It's like, and so like, I don't look at any of this as work. It's like, Oh, somebody orders a, a strength mug. Oh, I went through the, you know, I love strengths finder. You know, I went through, what are your top five strengths? It's like, I'll hop in the email inbox and just write to people, you know, and just kind of find out a little bit more about them. SABM. Like people on LinkedIn will say, Hey, can we set up a call about, you know, I'm transitioning out of the Navy or army or whatever. And just wanted to pick your brain. Heck yeah, man. Let's hop on a call. Like I'd like to learn more about what you got going on and see if I can, you know, be a small part of, of your uh, transition story or wh- whatever it might be. And, um, and it's all very fulfilling, you know? So that's just something that was I've been thinking about over the last couple of days, you know, as a, you know, When it comes to building wealth, when it comes to making money, you know, oftentimes that happens by just doing something that fulfills you. So,
0: y'all listen, man, he practices what he preaches because I definitely been annoying his inbox. I'm like, I got this idea for the podcast NBA. I got this idea (laughs) of a native son. I was like, oh, dog whistle Brandon, man. But no, seriously, Scott, in all seriousness, when you came to the Lions Pride event and you started talking about your vivid vision. Right, I was like, man, I'm a fan of this dude. I'm just being honest. Just your demeanor, how you're kind of like, you're bi- we're business, we're entrepreneurs, but we're also thinking more about fulfillment in life. And like, I'm like you, I enjoy this work. You know, this is work right now, you know? And I get to have fun, <laughs> where I get to sit down and get to learn from people like you about how you're able to, you know, build your whistles and everything. Um, but I, that's the thing, man, life is short. We lost a classmate. Uh, I don't know if Daryl Hunter was in your class, uh, Derek, sorry, class of 08, but I went to his funeral. Um, and that really kind of hit me in the fields and it just reminded me, Hey, we might not have as much life left as we think. And, you know, my goal is to enjoy life every single day. I need to enjoy my work every single day. And we underestimate what it means to have meaningful work and we don't learn how to find it. You know, um, it's one of the, it's like a journey that we just kind of go through.
1: Absolutely. I went through that journey, for years and years, man. And the, what the disconnect was, you know, whenever I was disengaged, it was because the people, whether it's the customers or whatever, you know, the people that I was interacting with during the day, there's nothing wrong with them. But like, I just didn't share, like I, we didn't have much in common, Right. right? We didn't have a common challenge and we didn't have a common goal. And so the moments when I was most disengaged was when I was surrounded by people where we didn't have that thing in common. And that led to me being disengaged and wanting to do something else and wanting to just create a new professional life to launch these businesses. Um, And, and then, you know, as a business owner, being able just to create a product or any product or service, um, you know, and surround myself by, with like-minded people who I share something in common with has led to like a thousand percent more engagement. It's like, i love waking up every day and just, you know, serving the customers that I serve and having these conversations and doing podcast interviews and investing in veterans, you know, all of it. Like it's, it's just a kind of, it's just, it's come full circle and it's, it's just wonderful to, uh, it's led to a lot of fulfillment.
0: Scott and I are like the young generation of the Academy business honors. So God knows we're going to be in 20 years. You know, like, you know, we jumped in the fight early. But I want to go back to your, uh, the SABM podcast, right? So we're going to call that your dog whistle. Because I like to tell people, when you build a brand, you need to build a whistle. And when you start blowing on that whistle, whose attention are you trying to get? And I'll be honest, I don't have it yet. But if there was a dog whistle brand in gold standard, yo, you hold it. For the sabm podcast um what was it like bringing that to market you know because a lot of times we start a podcast you can just talk into a void no one's listening you're kind of getting yeah. this out but talk to us about um you know how you're able to gain traction with that
1: yeah man so i talked into the void for a year you know and the name of that podcast was called <laughs> success starts sunday
0: that's a body you buried. You buried that body. You didn't tell nobody.
1: <laughs> so, but I learned. I learned what microphone to buy. I learned how to do a podcast. I learned like built confidence. You know, I learned the systems and that sort of thing. But hey, man, success starts Sunday. It was kind of about goal Sunday, goal setting. You know, starting the week a day or you know before the before the week starts, and you know, on Sunday, man, people want to like watch football. Like they don't want to deal with like setting goals and. And so it was. It wasn't a very. I didn't have a great uh, value proposition or selling proposition for people to listen. And it has no dog whistle, right? It's like success starts Sunday. Like who's that for? I don't know. Everybody, right? And so, therefore, you know, after a year, it maybe had fifty downloads. You know, and maybe the fifty downloads were like all the like the two or three people that actually. Were there listening? So you know, so that's how I learned was by you know talking into the void for a year. I can't believe I did it for a year. You know, what I would recommend is if something's not working, you know, pretty quickly and it's it's time to pivot. You know, so I would have I would have looking back probably pivoted or just stopped. And it's okay to quit in entrepreneurship. It's okay to quit, man. And that's not something that we're taught at an academy or. You know and as serving in the military it's like you can't quit you gotta persevere and make it happen but it's okay to stop things you know as long as you don't quit your vision you know keep the vision alive but you can quit the strategy you can quit the tactic or whatever it might be um, but that's how how you know again you know that's a story about not having the dog whistle not having the niche and it being completely unsuccessful I stopped, I quit, didn't do any podcasting or anything for maybe six, eight, 10 months after that. Uh, I was actually a lot happier. I got like a lot more energy. I had a lot more energy like that. I didn't have to do this thing every week that I, that I was doing. And I felt great. I was like, Oh man, it feels good not to have to do that anymore. (laughs) Um, and then that recaptured energy that I, that I, that new energy that I had, um, led to the idea of, the service Academy business mastermind having a podcast and having it being so niched down that, you know, when people see would see an email flash across their inbox with like, Hey, Academy grad success story, or they'd be scrolling Apple podcasts or Google podcasts and see like these headlines of like it would immediately attract, it was the dog whistle, right? It was like, they spoke that language and, um, and it worked like the first episode I had, I needed a big guest. So I had Tyler Merritt who started Nine Line Apparel. He went to West Point. He was actually still in the army at the time, just finishing up his his last tour. He was gracious enough to be a guest on my unproven podcast. (laughs) And you know, I emailed it out to the people that I was connected with that were Academy grads and it had like more downloads in an hour than my last podcast had in a year. Right. So, um, but it was all, it's all part of the journey, man. You, you, you launch things, you try things and and if it doesn't work, you pivot. How influential
0: has the podcast
1: been to your business? You know, because, of- uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's the, um, one of the, it's, it's been super helpful. Uh, number one, I mean, and podcasting has lots of benefits. It's, 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 and I, well, we can go through them if you'd like. Yeah, please. I uh, know you're really into podcasting one. It's you can build your network from a podcast, right? You can reach out, you're building an asset, you're building a platform. That's valuable. If people listen to your, to your show, right? Same thing with the YouTube channel. Same. I mean, it is, you know, these are all platforms, and if you build these platforms that people can then stand up on and, you know, share their story or that you could stand up on and, you know, bring awareness to things that you're doing. Um, it becomes valuable. So as I started looking for guests, I had this valuable thing to trade for their time. It's like, Oh yeah, I'll trade 30 minutes with you with Scott to have a conversation because he has a platform that I can stand on and maybe I'll get some new customers Maybe, you know, I'll get built build some new relationships from it. And so from a networking perspective, it's been super valuable. I mean, I think I've done about 180 podcast interviews over the last four years. I do them every week. And so that's 180 pretty high caliber people that I've been able to build a relationship with through having a podcast. Um, so that's one benefit. The second benefit is... I mean, you're into branding and marketing is, is marketing. Like if you think about the value proposition to the listener, they can listen to a podcast on their own time. There's, you can niche down so far that, and, you know, like you can distribute your content to these huge, bigger platforms. Like, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of the the, the podcast platforms. There's so many people on those that you can access customers who are interested in a very specific thing, and they can listen to your content. You can reach them anytime and anywhere. And it's so convenient for them. Hey, like, for example, tomorrow I'm driving, I'm going to be on a four and a half hour drive to visit my parents in Florida. Right, I'm gonna. I've, I'm like, I'm gonna pop on. I'm gonna listen to the Tim Ferriss freaking like two-hour podcast. I'm gonna, and so, right. I don't listen to his podcasts every day because I don't have two hours to listen, you know, to a podcast every day. But you know, Tim Ferriss reaches Scott Mackiths you know, on his road trips, like every single road trip. Um, and so like, it's not. I don't. It's not a scheduled event. His podcast. It's not. Hey, you gotta be at my webinar on Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And if you're not there, you're going to miss it. It's like your listeners can just listen to these things in the middle of the night. They can listen to them first thing in the morning. They can listen to these, them on, on road trips and, uh, or do, or doing anything. So, um, so I think there's such a huge value proposition for the listener where they can access this very specialized content anytime they want. Um, so that's a benefit.
0: A lot of times, you know, people think you when I launch my podcast. Right. I don't make money from my podcast through ads and all that kind of stuff. Right. It's like you said, it's the relationships. It's coming with a product or service to serve your audience, you know, just being creative. But the real power of I think of a podcast is, man, don't invite somebody over coffee. You don't ask them to sit down on your podcast, get to know them, learn about each other you know, and be able to look out for each other. That's the power of networking. Because guess what? When I come across people, I'm like, yo, you should check out SABM. You know, oh, you're doing real estate? Check out Scott Maccus. You know, um, there's just so much more than just the ad spend the red ocean of ad spend.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, the only way to make money that way is you got to be like Oprah or Tim Ferriss and have millions and millions of listeners. But, you know, I certainly wouldn't you know, the, a podcast, to, to have somebody pay you money so that you can advertise them on a podcast, like, I think that you're wasting your time. You know, I think the bigger benefit is, you know, you're building your brand. People are able to learn more about you. Um, you're able to provide value to guests if you, have, if you do guest interviews. Um, and it's a platform. It's a platform that you can hop on anytime that you want and record a conversation that's like might be valuable for other people to listen in on um and so you know and there's so if you so i would recommend everybody you know that has a business have some sort of (laughs) some sort of a, a way to you got customers right you got if you have a business you have customers right if you have customers you then you have now you have guest speakers for your podcast right get them on man like set up an interview have one of your if you're that that's not your expertise as a business owner have one of your teammates do the interviews or whatever but now you're kind of you're you're showcasing your customers who already love you anyways because you're your customers now they love you even more because you've got this you've taken the relationship to a deeper level you're able to then uh or you could have your competitor, or not a competitor. You could have uh, somebody who's not your customer on the podcast. Like, hey, I've got this this podcast, and uh, I'd love to have you on as a guest speaker. Right back to the relationship building value of a podcast. So now you've got somebody who doesn't do business with you. You're inviting them onto your your podcast so that you can showcase them. Chances are, like, <laughs> they might become your customer at some point because you just created, you reached out to them, you created value. And, you know, that was a great, um, you know, relationship building tool. Then lastly, think about the listeners, right? So you got your customer, they're on the podcast, they're sharing how they built their business or how they, let's say you're in the the landscaping industry, right? And you start a podcast for landscapers and you're like, all right, man, there's this guy that does really good, like irrigation work. Uh, or no, here there's a guy that does, he, he went from being a residential landscaper to now he does like big commercial jobs. Right. I want to have him on the podcast so he can talk about, or she like talk about how, you know, they went from, you know, this kind of a small neighborhood landscaper to now they do big commercial work. Right. And we're going to unpack that on the podcast. <laughs> and then you, and then you, you post that, right. And then all of these other landscapers are like, I want to do that. <laughs> right? And so, you know, they're, they're able to learn from this person. Who's your customer, you know, who's done this crazy thing and with their business, they're able to learn from that story, even reach out, connect, ask questions. And who are they going to think of when they go and buy their landscaping stuff or whatever, right? You, because like you, had this podcast that helped them grow their business. Right. So there's, I mean, I could, we could dissect it a million different ways. Um, but, and I think there's a lot of different marketing strategies around it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a pretty cool, it's a great platform, um, that you can use for marketing. And what I like using it for is to showcase the community, showcase clients, showcase customers, um, and let them, let them stand on the platform and, you don't get value from it. Yeah, I got
0: I actually took one of the notes down about community building. You know that's the big thing. And I, you know, again, one of the reasons I'm creating this platform is because when I started my business, nobody taught me about marketing and branding. You know, thank God I stumbled upon you know you guys and Bill Watkins, and I was able to figure it out. But there are a lot of people that are just shooting into the void. You know, because it's something that we don't. You know, you'll do the pitch competitions. I'll teach you how to do all this stuff. But like the day to day marketing. You know, what does that look like? Like, how do you drive revenue in a constantly changing environment? Now there's all this noise online. You know, everyone's selling us all day, every day. How do you stand out from the crowd? So I want to create an asset for the veteran community that they can leverage to learn about marketing and branding.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a, I think it's a great service of what you're doing. And a lot of people need help with marketing and branding. They, can, they might have the product, right? Yeah. And they just need help with getting the word out and that that's your skill set. That's your expertise, man. I think you're doing a great thing. So those that
0: y'all can't see Scott on on the screen, but he's super relaxed, right? Uh, Just hanging out, right? And one of the things that I took away from him when I heard him speak before was this concept of an elf business, easy, lucrative and fun. So, of course, what happens, Scott, I jump on a podcast, I type in elf business, I start learning about elf marketing and all this stuff. But the reason I bring this up is, you know, you never really want to run this big operation, right? Where you're like managing 10,000 contractors, whatever. So can you talk to us about like, what does your team look like at SABM? Especially in the early days, did you ever like bring on other people to help you promote and run it? Or was it always just you and maybe like an admin or something?
1: Yeah. So elf business. So that was a, a term coined by Joe Polish, uh, I like his podcast. Anyways, I remember just listening to one of his podcasts. He talked about this elf business, and it was stands for easy, lucrative, and fun. I'm like, I want an elf business, right? And so I think, you know, connecting that with your the fulfillment piece, like serving people that you just you love serving, um, you know, that's an elf business. If you, if you can get paid to just be around people that you love being around. <laughs> you know, that's whether you have a hundred thousand people on your team or whether you have three, um, that makes for a pretty fun day. Um, you know, so for me, you know, I quickly learned, you know, I think one of the biggest, uh, um, reasons why maybe some entrepreneurs don't make it is because they, it's just there, they fly solo, right? They, they, they're you know, at home by themselves with their laptop, trying to figure it out by themselves. Right. And so, and that was me for a number of years. And, you know, strengths mugs wouldn't be strengths mugs without the print shop because I'm not going to print. I don't know how to print freaking coffee mugs. Like, I'm not shipping these things. Like, that's a waste of my time. Like, I want to partner with somebody who has that skill set. And so, finding people. Who complement what you do best, uh, and building a team around that, whether it's a, you know, a vendor or supplier relationship, whether it's a business partner, you know, joint venture partner, whether it's a virtual assistant who um, helps you, whether it's an employee you know, that's, that's when you go from like this linear path of success to the exponential path, right? Because you free up your time and you're able to just do what, what it is that you do best. Um, and you can find these people talent almost anywhere, right? Especially if you have a virtual business that does isn't location dependent. So you can go to Upwork. Like that's where I hired a lot of my the my podcast person. Like I found him on, him on Upwork. He was with me at, from success start Sunday six years ago to like today still still does the podcast. Um, but I'm not gonna produce a podcast. Like I don't know. I'm like that's like not my genius and I don't want to do that, right? Um, so you're able to go to places to websites like Upwork and post jobs, connect with talent, and build your team. Um, I've used Fiverr in the past for like small jobs like hey I need a logo created for something or hey I need my podcast logo so it's the right size, you know, whatever. Um, Fiber, right there's a resource called the freedom makers uh, military spouses who are virtual assistants that was started by an air force veteran uh awesome company i have two freedom makers that work for me one's really good at writing you know i don't even write emails anymore i'm like hey i hate writing you know so i go i'll record a video and it's like the newsletter has to go out hey this is what i wanted to say This is what the call to action is like, (laughs) you know, and then, you know, one of the freedom makers who loves doing that, like writes the, writes the email or writes the blog post or watches the podcast and takes notes and writes the, you know, writes all of the marketing behind the podcast interview. Like my job is to schedule the speaker, set up the interview, hit record, hit stop, and I'm done. And so, um, anyways, so, uh, yeah. And, 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 so, I mean, I've got a number of different, you know, joint venture partners on our different programs. Um, I've got, you know, number of different, you know, some different assistants, teammates, people that have very specialized knowledge. And I guess all of that kind of pieced together, uh, <laughs> you know, represents, um, a pretty cool job that, kind of lets me stay in, in, in my lane and focus on my my top five Clifton strengths. <laughs> I think so.
0: Yeah, you get to stay in your zone of genius, you know, and not That's get right. not in the weeds of stuff. So you're at a growth stage, right? You got a growth stage business. And a lot of the veterans are going to be listening to the show. Many of them are going to have the growth stages. They're past the validation model. What advice would you give to them to continue achieving that consistent month over month revenue going into new verticals, whatever it is, that's sustainability because it's one thing to launch, but it's another thing to be sustainable.
1: Yeah. So um, I think one thing I've learned is, and I and, know and something we've really focused on a lot here is, you know, having a niche riches are in the niches, you know, make sure people can hear your, you know, your dog whistle, the right people, <laughs> Um, but what happens when you start like banging up against that? Right. It's like, or I'm just trying to think of the right words, but like when you maybe are starting to outgrow that, or it's starting to limit you, you know, that's, that's not necessarily something I've got a great answer for. Um, right now, you know, I think that it's very, very important when you're first starting out, like a common mistake is that you create a product for everybody. So you have to have an inch, right. But you know, I think it's also important at the same time is not to pigeonhole yourself into that niche um, forever, you know? And so to have an out, if you want to have an, an out and not necessarily by like out, but meaning like you have to stop the business, but expand the business beyond where you initially started. Um, and so I would keep that in mind, especially for the folks that are starting out, like there's a I don't know if you know him from, you know, Career Nerds was started by a West Point graduate. Yeah, I mean, he focuses primarily, he started with West Point graduates, you know, and helping them with giving them career advice. But his branding is Career Nerds, which is a really cool name. And that allows him space to provide career coaching beyond just West Point graduates or service academy graduates or military veterans. I mean, he doesn't have to leave from serving those people. He doesn't have to expand out from that, but at least his branding allows for that expansion. So, um, you know, so that's something I've thought about with strengths mugs and with SABM, Um, one of the reasons why, you know, 10 X vets, I mean, there's not like, I wouldn't turn down any veteran from joining, from participating in anything that I do. Right. Um, you know, the reason why it's, it's, you know, we focus on service academy graduates and at least initially is because that was the easiest way to get people to listen and engage. Um, you know, so with 10 X vets, you know, that's a, a program we launched last year. It's open to all veterans. Um, and, you know, so that, that was, that's just something that I learned, you know, along the way is you know, don't pigeonhole yourself too narrow. <laughs> like it's good to, to have, to be in a niche and to, um, and that's very helpful at the beginning. Um, but eventually, you know, you you probably would want, are going to want to serve other people as well, you know, as, as the word gets out about what you're doing. So, um, there, that's just one lesson learned. And then the other one is, you know, you know, if you've got a successful landscaping business, right. And you're really good at cutting grass. Like that's where you, that's what your expertise is. Cutting grass, like lawn maintenance, right? Like don't go out and start a, a brewery like next, like start like doing irrigation or landscape lighting or something that's related to the business that you started. So, um, you know, so I think that that's also important too, because it's nice when the businesses play off of each other, like, Oh, you know, this customer over here now can become my customer over here with this new offering because the two things complement each other so it's another another idea another piece of advice or lesson learned
0: yeah no man you're you're spot on you know those complimentary services now obviously I'm a boxing coach who ended up starting a podcast production agency but I will tell you there I've always had the gift of gab and once I found my podcasting I was like yo I really like this but I also realize that you know podcasting is nice, but a lot of veterans need help with their branding, right? I don't like have your brand out in, then build your assets. don't you know build your assets with a raggedy brand because you don't know who you're talking to. you know you don't know what you're trying to accomplish. You don't know how you're trying to show up in the world. and so I've just kind of put it all together. But just like you said, a whistle can be a podcast, it can be a conference, you know it can be whatever, right? The idea is that you have something that allows you to communicate with your perfect customer. And you speak in a way that's music to their ears. So when they see you, it's like, bam, take my money.
1: Yeah, man, well, maybe there's some boxers out there that need uh, help with marketing and then it will come full circle for you.
0: (laughs) So as we wrap up, man, I want to, you know, first I want to say thank you for coming on the platform, right? (laughs) Like again, you're somebody I look up to as you've been out here in this entrepreneurial space, small business hustle. Cause like tech startups get all the attention, you know, those of us with laptops and hopes and dreams and no money, right? Not so much, but there is a space for this small business and you've led the movement and you're invested in veterans. Uh, so kudos to you for that. How can our audience support what you're doing with strength mugs, SABM, um, 10X vets, you know, let us know how we can support.
1: Sure, yeah. So first of all, I'd recommend anybody who's listening, if they haven't taken the Clifton Strengths Assessment, to like absolutely do that. Um, that's not something I get paid for or whatever. I mean, that's not my product. Um, but it was a, a tool that was very helpful to me on my my personal development journey. So just type in Clifton Strengths Assessment, or you could probably even type in Strengths Finder into Google. I think it costs 50 bucks or something like that. Like I would highly recommend taking that. And if you're looking for a good gift after you take it for yourself or for your, a family member or a teammate uh, or the strengths uh, mugs website is just strengthsmugs.com. And uh, yeah, you're welcome to check that out. And then, uh, and then the service Academy business mastermind has a list of all of our programs, including 10 X vets, uh, The website there is sabmgroup.com.
0: All right. Awesome. Scott, thanks again. And for our listeners, we'll include the link to all things Scott's got going on in the show notes. So Scott, appreciate you again, man, and wish you much success. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission driven, high performing small business owners with at the ready resources, battle tested tools, and full service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners. At every stage of growth, you can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com.